Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, joining me is my partner in crime, it's Matt. How you doing mate? Good time to be a Spurs fan at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's very weird. Don't know what to do without this. This we, is all, we've had all it, very we've, bizarre. We've had it not too far, the far distant past, mate. <laughs> it's alright, all right. hang, just... hang on, hang on, hang on. So it's all down to one man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing because uh, I'm enjoying it because I'm enjoying the way we're playing football. Um, yeah. Uh, I keep having stats thrown at me about how well we've started under Jose, how well we started under Antonio, and in those seasons crumbled. Um, so I guess I kind of have to have that uh, balance. And also, I'm we are quite literally a team in transition. So I, I, again, going into this season, my view and my kind of... Um, expectations were uh, uh, a lot lower than being top after after eight nine games so yeah. um I, I'm, I'm yeah I'm enjoying it I, I'm enjoying it like I said because of the way we're playing I think if it was still Conte ball Jose ball I'd enjoy being top surely because of the banter um which is fun but um less so thinking could we? <laughs> which, which, by, which, by the way, is something that's going on right now in social media. Tottenham fans, uh, I'm sure you've seen it, um, which seems to be rattling fellow Premier League team fans like the it's coming home thing for England does at every championship, where basically Tottenham fans are going, ah, we, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't, could we? <laughs> Um, and it's become like this running joke where it's like someone of the type, could we? And then every reply is like, no, absolutely not. Don't be stupid. No way. There's no chance, but we could. And it, and it's just like this stupid thing that's grown naturally, organically. And it's funny. And Tottenham fans are doing it ironically. But my God, we appear to have rattled every fan base with it. And to the point I even saw a journalist wrote a story on it yesterday. Uh, just basically like how have Tottenham fans managed to piss off 19 other teams with something so innocuous <laughs> yeah it is it is kind of impressive i um i mean obviously there's some level-headed fans who see it for what it is and also see it for a, a team enjoying a moment when they've had not a lot to, to enjoy recently but yeah it's um modern football fandom seems to be all about like like a certain level of joy police like, oh, look at those sad bastards celebrating beating Luton 1-0. It's like, yeah, we we, we won. <laughs> we're, we're, we're happy. <laughs> you're, allowed, like, you're, allowed to, you're allowed to cheer when your team win, funny enough. You're, you're, allowed, to, you're allowed to go mad. <laughs> well, apparently not. Apparently, unless you're beating, like, the top teams in the world to win a trophy... You're, it's a weak mentality, loser mentality to enjoy any other kind of success. But you say that even uh, like even last week, like when we week before when we beat Liverpool, and uh, we weren't yeah. allowed to celebrate that last minute winner apparently yeah. because top yeah, but it's, it's top teams. I'm on about now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's just keep that fight going. Um, yeah, but that's because we didn't deserve to win it though, Matt. You know, you yeah. have to understand that we paid referees. Um, and the VAR and all that stuff. You know, I, I've seen this week Liverpool fans unironically tweet that they're actually top of the real table. It, what, what makes me laugh about this is if I look at any of these fans that are tweeting stuff like this, by, by very definition, I would say political alignment, they are direct opposite of what I would class as a Donald Trump. However, they're basically reciting the same stuff <laughs> of, of like yeah well you know if, if you uh if you just ignore all of this and just kind of focus on this then we're winning so everything else doesn't really matter 
when they say when they say the real table, when they say the real table, they they mean yeah. like if that VAR decision uh, hadn't that's what that's what they mean that they. Now this top. is the this is the funny thing because the, the, this got a lot of traction as because Liverpool fans are crazy online anyway, um, and they basically said that this is the table without VAR interference. And then someone pointed out that, okay, if you take VAR away, that basically takes away two penalties awarded against Tottenham, which means they'd actually be on a 100% record. Yeah, it would be season. on maximum points. We'd be top, wouldn't we? So, so it just, uh, yeah, um, but of course, no, because Liverpool would have beaten us, you see. Yeah, um, yeah but that would have been yeah. offside anyway. That's the thing, it got called offside on field, didn't it? Oh, oh, Matt, stop applying <laughs> logic here. Stop. <laughs> God, you're 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 sort of you're you're there applying thought and process and logic to a situation where really we should just be stamping our feet and holding our breath until someone gives us something for free. <laughs> um, yeah, Liverpool, strange bunch. Moving on, uh, we beat Luton one 0 Um, it was a game that I was dreading. Lunchtime kickoffs, I hate them. Lunchtime kickoffs away at newly promoted teams, I hate them. <laughs> um, it's like all of the you take all of the ingredients to Spursy it right up, and they're all there. And just to really add to it, Yves Basuma decides to have what can only be described as an out of body experience brain fart in the game, where he decides that oh I've picked up a book in which was a yellow card in my opinion it was a professional foul, and then decides hmm I know what I'll do. I will take to the air, similar to a ballerina, to see if I can win my team a free kick. And everyone just looked at him like, what the f*** are you doing? And quite rightly, (laughs) the referee booked him for a second time, and he's sent off. Uh, In my opinion, of course, other people may not agree, but I think both yellow cards were justified, and... Silly, silly boy. Hopefully, we'll never make that mistake again. Did you see on? Did you see on match of the day? It was um, Jonathan Pierce was the. Uh, oh my god! And, and his like, commentary was yeah, shocking. But, but did you hear it when Basuma got sent off? He was yeah. going, "This is a disgrace! This is a disgrace!" Yeah. And I was watching it with Seb, and I was like, "Like, I swear, I mean, he's a like, prat. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but... Do you, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, do you think yeah. he's going a bit overboard here? Like." Jonathan Pierce doesn't appear. I, I think he's an Arsenal fan. Genuinely, I think that. Um, but he seems to have a real issue with us. Like, if you ever listen to his commentary, it's like if we concede a goal, he's like, "Oh, it's a great goal!" And if we score, it's like, "Oh, Tottenham have made it one all." Mm. <laughs> and like, a few people have said that to me in the past, and I've kind of been like, "Ah, whatever, nah, nah." And then, yeah, it was the Luton commentary. I'm just like, "Wow, that is." Seriously, man, you, you got a problem there. <laughs> you it was, need. To... It was bizarre. And, and do, do you know what? Yeah. Talking about the game itself, I because I know, like I, I always say that us guys, we always kind of message each other during the games. And yeah. when when it at half time, I messaged you, didn't I? Or messaged yeah. the group, and I just thought that it wasn't like it didn't feel like the end of the world. In actual fact, it felt like like. We, we was like we was all over him, like especially the sort of the ten, first yeah, ten we fifteen were, minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it felt like okay, just take off like take off like one of the defenders even, it's yeah. not going to make a difference. It's that I feel like we, I mean, it's, and with the size of the pitch, it might give us a bit more space. Like I'm not, it's never, it's never a great thing to go yeah. down to ten men, but it never felt like it was going to be to the detriment of of the game. And as it turned no. out, it probably done us a favour because Richardson got take got, got took off, who's and that was that was just. I don't know what's happened to him again. He's just after that. I thought after scoring that goal against Sheffield United, and Alan Shearer was telling us that he was going to suddenly become this thirty-year goal. No, and he no, seems like he's gone he's, backwards again. No, it's difficult, and I'll tell you why. So there's aspects of this which I think with Richie is worth talking about. He is not a thirty-goal-a-season striker. He is not that. He he is a guy who's going to get you between ten and twenty in good seasons, in my opinion, um, because. He isn't as clinical as someone who gets you 30-plus. He has got the unfortunate and quite horrible moniker of being the guy everyone's looked at now Kane's gone. Mm. Um, Tottenham fans, like my, my daughter, for example, doesn't know supporting Tottenham without Harry Kane. So for her, every miss, it's like, oh, Kane would have scored that. For me, I'm like, <laughs> Soldado would have hit Rosette. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah like, that, that guy would have taken out the blind guy in the corner, you know. Um, and, you know, like, Gordon Jury would have just missed it completely. It would have been hilarious. 
Um, so I, I've got the experience of pre-Kane <laughs> to, to kind of go, okay, I know this is going to be different and it's going to take us a minute to adjust. And you said it to me, like, you know, we as a team are scoring as many goals now, but it's spread out. Um, the thing with Richie in this game, and I think it's a little bit um, something I didn't see in real time. So he had, a, a for me, a terrible miss early in the game. Probably the first miss was worse for me than the second. I thought the second one was just kind of great save. It happens, you know, keeps happen to Kane. Yeah, it happens all the time. Sometimes a keeper will just stick out a leg and be a lucky git. Yeah. Um, but the first one, I was kind of like, oh, that's a bad miss. You know, we go 1-0 up inside eight minutes. This game's completely different because they then have to be more open. You know, that's what you need. A fast start, early goal, and then you can really get on top of teams. When you see that back... He is literally pulled off the ball. As he is going to shoot, he, the guy's got his shirt and is almost like the whole thing. He's like literally pulling him off the ball. So, again, this is one of these things where, you know, you want to get kind of what the hell is going on with VAR. What the hell is it? I, I do not blame the referee for missing that. I watched the game in real time on a TV camera from like three angles and I didn't see it. And then later on, someone puts a replay up because the referees do these reviews and the referee's like, yeah, that's a penalty. So, 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 because <laughs> Liverpool got a penalty for a similar thing, yeah. does that mean yeah. Jurgen Klopp's going to be coming out and asking for us to get a replay? And is it going to be the third, fourth, and fifth story in Sky Sports News still for the rest of the week? No, oh, no, because because Jurgen Klopp's over it now because he's not chi- he's not a child. He ah. actually said that. He genuinely said that hilariously after five days of throwing his toys at a pram. I'm not a child. <laughs> I don't. I don't want a replay. You you all made that up. <laughs> Whatever, Jurgen. Um, so, uh, like you said, we, we were really all over them, um, we, but we should have taken our chances early. I think if we take one or two of those, that game could have ended up being a real battering because uh, they'd have had to have been more open, and I think we were cutting them open you know, for fun. I also think if we take those chances, Basuma doesn't pick up that booking because uh, he wouldn't have felt in that position he needed to do that, um, you know, to break up a counter-attack. I also don't think in his head he'd have been feeling desperate before halftime to try and win us a free kick either. Um, So uh, he'll learn from that and be better for it. Quick thing on Basuma, which I think is kind of interesting. Not sure everyone picked up on it. When he got booked, that was his fifth booking. So he was going to get a one-match ban. He then had that obviously upgraded to a red with the second yellow. So he is banned for a match. However... That doesn't wipe out the yellow card. So when he comes back from his one-match ban, so he's going to miss the Fulham game, he will still be on four yellow cards. So if he then gets booked in the very next game, for example, he's banned again. <laughs> so so it's well worth everyone being aware of that. Um, we can, yeah, we go, silly, we're going to, Yeah, me and Seb are going to... eventually going to be able to go to our first game this season against Fulham. We're to see him, but... I am, I am very... Very anxious now. It's going to be Javier is going to play in his position. Isn't see, it? see, we, we've been we've been playing really well. We were top of the league, and this is your fr- Matt. God, please well, don't do this to me. Well, if, if, it, if it all goes <laughs> pear shaped, then yeah. you know who to blame. Do you, do you know what you know? You said about um, about where we are, and you know you were, you you mentioned that under Conte and Mourinho, we was top of yeah. the league at one point. We've we've spoken to and you've said this to me, and I feel the same. I know, look, I know you don't like talking about him, and I don't either. But I like the, I like talking about the era because it was a good era. Yeah. yeah? Under, under the Pochettino era, we Ooh. had we had about two yeah. years, two seasons, where we didn't like we went into every game and didn't f- fear, did we? We didn't think, oh, no. right. And and then under under Conte and Mourinho, that came back again. That kind of, oh Jesus, we're never going to get anything out of this game. I feel like that we've kind of got that feeling back again that we had under the Pochettino era where I'm like, yeah, just bring it on. Bring on any team. I, I, I genuinely, even even going as far as Man City, and probably because the fact that we seem to have this hoodoo over them, that probably helps. But I don't feel like I'm going to go to any game or if I do manage to go to a few and think, oh, do you know what? If we escape a battery, I think we'd be quite lucky. I feel like we can just, yeah. we can, we're going to be competitive in, in every game, I think. Yeah, I um, uh, yeah, that that is a feeling we've not had for quite a long time. Where I'm not actually going into games fearing the outcome, but I mean, last season I wasn't so much going in fearing the outcome. I just didn't want to watch us. 
Yeah, we were all like, like it was sort of like every game was a chore. It didn't matter who we were playing. It didn't matter how I felt about how we get a result. Even games we won, it was like yeah. <laughs> we come so, we come away from like me, me and Seb come away from so many games last season. Just mm. like oh God. and I was trying my best to be so pragmatic about it and like yeah. It's like, but there was at the time, it it was. I mean, I think you knew quite a lot of what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. But I th- most of us didn't. And it was kind of like, you know, is he, does he want to go? Is there other things at play? Yeah. Is he going to come back? And it, everything was just up in the air. And I just, there were some dreadful ones. I think, was it Brighton we lost at home to Bournemouth? Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And, and it's not just, it's just not, like, I, me and you have talked about it before. I've come away from games that we've won and just felt bleh, and I've come away from games that we've lost in the past and thought, oh, do you know what? We that was a frigging good game. We were unlucky, and I've not felt down. You know, I've I felt like oh, we had a real crack at that. The the issue I find under Jose, the bloke we don't mention, and then Conte is I never felt like we had a good crack at it. Mm-hmm. I always felt like the team looked like they were over or under coached, but at the same time, if that's possible, you, do you know what I mean? It's like. They don't look like they have a direction on how to attack, and at the same time, each individual looks so terrified of this is my role, this is my area of the pitch, and and I'll just get the ball and I'll give it to somebody else. You yeah. know, just no one, no one looked like they were enjoying playing football. No one looked like they had the. I, I remember like there were several times that Kane scored last season, and you look at this season, the celebrations, yeah, the camaraderie. Love it. It. Last season, I swear there were times Kane scored, and they didn't look like they were sell- you know yeah they're happy. They look relieved. Yeah, they look like oh thank f- he's done that you yeah. know. So like you didn't see like running. You didn't see the goalkeeper. I know Larice wouldn't be able to because you know he's getting on a bit. But you didn't see like a defender run the length of the pitch to jump up on the shoulders. It was just like a kind of like oh thank f- for that. Do you know? Do you know that I know it wasn't it wasn't the game just gone this the game before, but you know uh, when we scored that last minute winner against Liverpool and yeah. you see Vicario just on his knees with his hands yeah, in the air for ages. Yeah, yeah. I, I love loved, that picture. I love it. I just love it. And you're right. And the, and the Luton game, when um when Van Van der Ven scored, he's gone to the corner. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, but there was two little pockets of celebrations. Like some yeah. of them grabbed Madison for because the, the assist was ri- yeah. ridiculous. And then and then after about three or four seconds, they all just congregate. You know, it just like yeah. you say, it's, it seems to be such a good uh, a, a good kind of they got a good yeah. thing, good bond going on. And and, um, I, and I, what I love as well is you, you see like players like Madison and Van der Ven who are new. They are new to that team. They've yeah. not even been at the club for what three three months. Have they? Yeah. And 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 it, it's like they it's like they've been playing with like, it's like they've been there for years. Like, well, it's funny. Madison on international duty has literally just done an interview, and in the interview he said he's been welcomed so much by the fans and the squad. He feels like he's been at the club for years. Yeah. So it's like I feel completely at home, completely settled. So it's not. It's like I wasn't expecting to feel this way so quickly. And Van der Ven as well. Van der Ven, um, who who's so well spoken by the way like the guy the guy like commands like just is like the way he's speaking sort of like commands respect of what he's saying um and he he's basically said that uh again international interview um that he is loving playing with romero yeah he's like you know he's like the manager wants us to play a high line in the push high and he's like you know cute he, he that's what he's all about he wants to intercept the ball he wants every forward on that pitch to know they've been in a game yeah. at the end of it. Yeah. And um, Van der Ven's like, and the understanding, he said, is, is he said we, we did one training session together and straight away we were like, oh, okay, I see. You know, I see. Oh, yeah. Okay, you go up and you do that. I'll, you know, if they knock it over your head, I'm there. And he just said, he said, and this is, you know, we're really enjoying it. He said, but um, he said, we're, we're going to get better. And I was like, yeah, and and right now you're already up there. So I love that. Um, but you look, you look at him. You look at Van der Ven, who's who got his first call up. One yeah. Who yeah. Doggy's had his first call up. Yeah, uh, yeah. So these Senior these call up, yeah, yeah these players, it's it's just everything seems to be clicking. And and like what you said earlier, none of us are really getting carried away, but we're just enjoying it. We're just enjoying yeah. how well we're playing at the moment. Now everything just seems to be clicking into place. I, th- I think that, I think that's the major difference, which is. Because I keep seeing people like, oh, you know, don't get carried away. It's only so many games, and you're right. Yeah, it's, it's October. You don't, you don't achieve anything in October, but you can lose everything by October. Like, there's not one team 
a tenth down who can win the Premier League. Yeah. Now yeah. that's after eight nine games. They're they're done. They they cannot win the league from where they are now. Mm. We actually could. Uh, I know. I'm not saying we are. I'm not saying like ah, it's all I'm going to win the. League. But where where do you want to be? You know what? Where do you want to be? Do you want to be down, looking at relegation, fighting that? Do you want to be mid table, going well? We're probably not going to get relegated, but we ain't getting anywhere near the top four either. After eight nine games, or do you want to be at the top of the table? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, look, it's this. But probably from sort of eight down, they would like if they would bite your hand off of where we are. You know, like do you want to swap where Spurs are? Yes, please. There wouldn't even be a question, would it? You know, you like you say, you want to be top after eight games, no. you? you know. I do. I do also enjoy the mental gymnastics that Arsenal fans have been doing, calling it joint top. <laughs> yeah. um, now, Twitter, for all of the faults of Twitter and all of the issues, whatever he wants to call it, one of the funniest things that moron who bought it has done, Elon Musk is allowed community notes on posts, tweets. And Arsenal's big fan account has got like a few hundred thousand followers that all the gooners like flock around, posted that Tottenham and Arsenal are joint top, like North London dominating with joint top. And the community note from Twitter underneath says there's no such thing as joint top. Tottenham are top on goals scored. And... I loved it. I was like killing myself. Like, can you imagine going to bed, a gooner, putting out that tweet? You got like 40,000 retweets, 45, like, the sort of numbers I can only dream of as a small Twitter account. And then he wakes up to find that Twitter have added a community note to go, You're not joint top. <laughs> I love that. Tottenham are top. Oh, do you know what? I've so you've got this viral tweet to all Arsenal fans, and now all of them have got this community note. I love that. I see. Love that. When, when after the game, um, Layla wanted to go to uh, like a local, um, like a Londis shop near where we live. Yeah. So we've gone in there and there was a guy walking about with an Arsenal shirt, obviously crowing because they'd just beaten Man City. And, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. obviously bumped into someone else who's another Arsenal fan. And I could hear them talking. And he went, oh, great result. Yeah, put my buzz in, mate. Put my buzz in. He went, same, same them scumbags on top of us. He went, why are they on top of us? And what are you saying to do with the alphabet? And I think if you do the alphabet, you donut you'd be top wouldn't you right and yeah. right so like think about it mate do you know what I mean? and he was like oh whatever reason they've given it to him given it to them anyway it won't last long those mugs won't be there for long and i was like oh just oh, if only i could recall that conversation and if we miraculously done something amazing this year just to play yeah. it back you know because everyone they're writing us off and, and and look we're not say like you said we're not we're not getting carried away no. to the to the point where we're saying we're going to win it but it just adds to that just desire doesn't it to want to because there yeah there there is a um there is always a desire to ram people's words down their throat because it's like we would love to do uh, and i think it's safe to say if we were to do the miracle and win a win the premier league this season it's it's doing a leicester you yeah. know what i mean that that is just having a season out of europe a team staying relatively fit and everyone else having a mare <laughs> and just all the stars aligning already that's not happening man city are having a real injury problem but are not out of it they just lost to arsenal at the weekend but are still basically just one point i think there is four points separating first to seventh wow. or sixth so we lose our next game and everyone else is one, we're seventh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, So there's like there's no there's no kind of part of me that's looking at this going, Ooh and and like it done none of it phases me. None of it's kind of like 'cause I'm I'm just enjoying it. I'm enjoying the way we're playing. Yeah, completely. And we, we went first this weekend. So basically we were the team that went first, the early kickoff, lunchtime all of it was a recipe for Tottenham to cock it up. But we didn't. We won. We went top. Arsenal then played the next day against Man City. I was there, you know, going for a score. A nil-nil draw would have been perfect. But they won. We're still top. It's funny to me. <laughs> it's yeah. like there's no there's no part of me that went, yes, come on. That's, that's league champions form. I laughed because I know how much it will piss them off. Yeah. Um, because they they now after last season see themselves as genuine title contenders. They're back in their minds. They are Champions League team again. They are title challenging. The Arsenal are back. That, that's how they view it. 
this season, given the amount of money they've spent as well, you know, rice, etc., then yeah, I can completely understand why they'd feel that way. And the way they've started, there's nothing to suggest that they're not going to be right in amongst it again. Yeah. No one has us there. Nobody. Nobody at all. So for us to still be above them in this particular moment when they're one of the best sides <laughs> is kind of funny to yeah. me, and I'm just enjoying that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Now, we go last next weekend. So next weekend, there's Friday night football, there's Saturday, there's Sunday, and we're on Monday night. So by the time we play, it's a different kind of pressure. Whereas we're setting the pace this weekend, just gone, we're going to be reacting to all the results. Yeah. Um, it's a home game, it's against Fulham, it's a Monday night. I have no idea. Fulham are a bit of a team where sometimes we play them and I think, oh my God, how are we, how are we not winning this? <laughs> but we're not. And other times we just seem to walk through them, which is wonderful. And let's hope that it's that next Monday. Yeah. But we then go first again because we play Monday and then we play Friday. We've got the fastest turnaround next week. So we play Monday. And I, me and you have said this on the podcast. We've done this podcast a number of years now. What's the worst ground in the Premier League to go on a night time? Oh, Palace. From, yeah. And it's Friday night. Friday night at Selhurst Park is going to be rocking. You know, they, they their fans are great there. Um, I've got, you know, got nothing against Crystal Palace at all, but I just hate going there on a night. Three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's a regulation kickoff against Crystal Palace at their ground. No. We're playing Monday night, 8 p.m., and then Friday night. And I don't know how that's happened, but that's how it is. It's weird because we're playing the, the next game is a, is then going to be the Monday night against Chelsea. Yeah. So we're not yeah. playing three yeah. night so, time So kickoffs. why? Well, TV is what it is. Oh, They've moved yeah. us to Friday night football to, to have a fixture on Friday night. I mean, Palace are going to be delighted. You know, the bars in the area are going to be delighted. Yeah. Um, Palace are going to do great at eight o'clock kickoff on a Friday. And to be honest with you, if it's going to be any night of the week, it's going to be a evening kickoff. I suppose a Friday night's the best night. But from me, from a footballing point of view, that's a nightmare for me. <laughs> that place is going to be rocking. It's going to be hell to go there and try and get a result. But then, but that's like what I say to you, Sam. Like I, I feel like I don't fear it now. It's, I wouldn't say I fear it. I'm just saying that it's going to be a bloody no, yeah, nightmare. I know, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But I, I just like if I think back to the to the Conte Mourinho era, I just felt yeah. like that atmosphere. You know, like because I, I don't, I don't think Palace have got a particularly decent squad. I mean, especially since they lost Zaha as well. They, they, they're mm. they're right. I mean, you know, and I'm not trying to say you know, I, I genuinely on paper we're a superior team right, on paper. Completely only on paper, right? Ooh. But now, no, that's true though, isn't it? On paper, we're a better team. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to win the game. I'm not for one second saying we're going to win. But yeah. I think we've got a better squad than them. I think that's just, um, uh, just, a, just a, a statement of fact. I think. W- would you not agree? Mm-hmm. Or is, I, I know it's. Um, it's yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's subjective. I think yeah. if you ask a Crystal Palace fan, you think you, they, you, they'd argue. Um, do, do you me, genuinely me, think? Me personally. I mean, I don't know. It depends what metric you're going with. But me personally, I find it difficult with this because I've learned through bitter experience looking at two teams and going, we look great. Look at our team. How can we possibly lose? Look at that that crap. And then that crap plays us off the park. Okay, so so I, Nate, I know what you mean. So on the like, this is what I'm trying to say. So on the on the like on the night, yeah, with that uh, with a load of. Very drunk Crystal Palace fans are going to be very loud. It's going to be a good atmosphere, yeah. and if you are home, there's going to be you're going to get that support. But yeah, yeah. like, get, think of Palace's first eleven. Think of our first eleven. Who would you swap? Yeah. Oh no, no, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I do, I do get what you mean. I just, I, I'm a Tottenham fan, so I look at our players on a more regular basis and I rate them highly. Um, whereas a Crystal Palace fan possibly has only seen Van de Ven play on a match of the day highlights for five minutes. So in his mind, he's like, well, he's brand new to the league. Don't know who the hell he is. I wouldn't pick him. Do you see what I mean? It's still quite subjective. Yeah, whereas no, me, I, yeah. I'm like, Van de Ven's the best. No, exactly. <laughs> he's freaking great. Well, and, and, his, and his partner is someone that Lionel Messi says is best centre-back in the world. I mean... Yeah, like, I think Messi was got, drunk, but yeah. Yeah, but we've got, <laughs> yeah, no, score, I agree. we've got a good score. But what I'm saying is, like, under... Especially, I say especially Mourinho. I think Conte as well. Under the two of them, yeah, they would crumble under that. 
you know, like yeah. like lose a goal, like conceding the first twenty minutes, we've lost this game three nil. Now I don't see that. I don't see that. I feel like we've got like we've we just you can see the amount the amount of times that we come back from loser positions already this season. We yeah. just got this belief in us. I think Postecoglou's just brought this belief into the squad, and I just feel yeah. and I and I don't fear an eight o'clock kickoff on a Friday night at Sellers Park as much as I probably have done in the last few years, if you see what okay. I mean. Yeah, yeah, Did you see what enough. I mean from that point? Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I get you. It's still, um, it's still going to be, like you say, it's still going to be like, I'd rather, I'd rather it was a, 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 a 12.30 kickoff like the yeah. Luton one where yeah, nullify it, the yeah. Palace fans have just woke, have woken up about an hour ago. Yeah. Right? I, prefer, yeah. I prefer that because I know from experience with the amount of games I go to, nighttime kickoffs, people have had a chance to have a few and having a few <laughs> beers, yep, gets you more passionate it just does yeah. alcohol just helps in that, in that alcohol regard. alcohol just helps. yes we're not promoting drinking here ladies and gentlemen <laughs> alcohol just helps there, just there, there's so a clip alcoholics anonymous on the phone um alcohol just helps for you yeah one day at a time Matt. one day at a time um okay it's time to hand the show over to our fellow tottenham fans because it's time to go to them for their questions Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Uh, we're actually going to start with a quick shout out to Polynesian Dan of Spurs News fame, who is currently in Dubai. Um, he is experiencing 36 degrees earlier today when he messaged us. Um, on behalf of everyone, Spurs News and all the listeners, I told him to go kiss his ass. Oh, do you know what? Yeah. He can go on a bait. You know, I've been to Dubai. It's it's lovely, but it's too hot. You know, I don't know. Oh, I'd, I'd rather. What's going about? Um, but I wish him luck. He's there. He had to go to Dubai to get a pec implant surgery. Um, so best of luck to him. Um, he did ask a question. He said to say, you know, it's an international break. Where would you want to go? On an international, he's basically. I think he's just asking, where would you like to go on holiday right now if you could go away somewhere? Right. So, so this is where we're in October at the moment. So, yeah, we are. Yes, too hot in too hot in in um in Dubai. I'm going there. Too cold yeah. this part of the world as well. Do you know okay. what? A nice little trip somewhere like Morocco or something where it's still nice and water, Egypt. That'd be uh, okay. Yeah. All right. How so, so, you? so you're you're a, you're a sun chaser. I, I'm. I, I like. I get too hot, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm a typical Brit. Like, no, it's too hot. No, I'm too cold. I want to be just right. Just right. Um, I don't know. This time of year, uh, oof. typically I'd pick somewhere. I'd just like knit down a cornwall, but in October, that's depressing. Yeah. Um, it's too risky. Do you know what? I'd, I'd probably do something a bit different. I'd probably go like to Norway or something like that. Get, get, in the, get in amongst the snow, see some of the mountains. Get some fresh air. See the aurora borealis. Like it. Very, very cultured. Very cultured. There, so. It sounded it, didn't it? Yeah, it sounded <laughs> a lot better than like I'll do a weekend in Ibiza, innit? it? Yeah, <laughs> poor lads, 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 well. lads. Three, Malaga. He's coming up on my. Uh, I don't know why, but randomly he's coming up on my timeline in, in like some. This thing with Facebook nowadays, you don't get like yeah. timeline full of friends. You get timeline full of adverts and random stuff, and like these yeah. these people who who are going to like Ibiza. And it's, yeah. it, it comes up the click advert. Uh, I went to Ibiza and I came back in time to pick the children up from school. And I'm like, hey? And then when you read yeah. it, because you're thinking, what? They just they dropped them off, went to Ibiza and come. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, you find out that they went the night before and the flight got them back before the school pickup. I mean, that's what, no, what's, what's the amazing I, thing in yeah, that? Was, <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see what that is. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm happily off of social media. Thank you. Right. Personally, anyway, I, I do not miss it. I'm on TikTok. TikTok's fun. Yeah. As long as you don't take it seriously. Uh, okay, mate. Um, so we've spoke to Polynesian Dan. So it's Instagram or Facebook. Let's go. I like. I like. I like. I don't like change. Yeah. So let's stick Tradition. with our Instagram start. Yeah. Don't like change. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have a message here, and the man has his own theme. I'm delighted to say. Now it's time for a comment from Old Brother. It sounds good in October, doesn't it? Yeah. I want to go to one of those islands in Israel. A Polynesian Dan is currently just rocking to this right now. Drinks of a little umbrella in it. Hopefully, really uh, sweating in the heat. Yeah, hopefully, really badly. Hope his peck falls out. Uh, <laughs> Island Brother says, This is a weird feeling. 
being satisfied with Spurs is weird. At 20 minutes in, I was fully convinced that we would get screwed over with all the missed chances. It was looking like the usual game where the opposition gets a goal after all the misses we've had. We struggle till the end and walk away empty-handed. Liverpool and Gooners probably turned it turned on as soon as the red card happened, convinced them football gods had decided justice was to be done. But this team stayed calm. The boss made changes and we walk away winners. This is so weird. <laughs> anyway, question. Is with the lack of games we should be doing well concerning injuries, but we are actually racking them up? Is there an underlying reason for so many succumbing to injuries so early in the campaign? Or is this a symptom of the league with so many clubs suffering them as well? Hoping everyone is fantastic and come on you Spurs. That's from the Island Brother. Um, yeah, he does raise a good point. We have kind of had a real bad run of luck where it's not just like, oh yeah, so-and-so's tweaked that, that'll be a couple of days. It's like, yeah, this guy's just dislocated his knee. <laughs> Just like, yeah. yeah, and this guy's hamstring basically fell off. <laughs> just it's like, what the hell? Um, Ivan Perisic has gone his entire career with basically no serious injuries. He spends 18 months at Tottenham and is like, yeah, I'm dead. I'm done. I'm, I'm out. Uh, medic. Um, we have a, yeah, it is a bit of a weird run of luck. Um, it's not just us. There are other teams suffering. I mean, Man City, quite high profile. You know, Rodri and De Bruyne, two players that would make the difference in any side in the world, are currently yeah. missing for and them. That, and that's the thing, Sam. That's what, that, that's the point I was trying to make last week with it when I said about that getting my head bitten off by these people who didn't understand the point I was trying to make. Like, I don't want any of our players to be injured, but no. at the same time, I know there's serious injuries, but there's serious injuries to players that aren't on the first 11 of the team sheet. Like, like, like if this had been Madison's out for two months, yeah. Sun's out for two months, you know, all these ones, I'd be like, oh, this is just... Because I, I remember years ago when, when, when Mourinho was, was managed, I think it was Mourinho, and we lost... I was at the game when we lost to Norwich, and it was the yeah. one where Eric Dyer just decided to have a fight with someone who was starting on his brother. Justified, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's justified, yeah. But I just remember being at the game and thinking... How has he even managed to put a team together? Like there was, yeah. I think Delhi was playing, and yeah. he was the only attacking player yeah, in I the remember. first eleven, and yeah. in there was no substitutes that were. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? That 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 was bad luck. You know, we've, we have injuries. Like all teams have injuries. All teams have injuries. It's not like not. It's not exclusive to us. All all football, like everyone's struggling. Like you pointed out, Man City. But I just think that. But the players that we're losing to injury at the moment, we're lucky with. They're not ones that are gonna like. They're not ones that are on that first eleven. You know, like I'm. I'm yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I did understand what you were saying. I, I did also understand the point of view of people like, yeah, that don't you know, like it didn't come across like Manor Solomon was in our first eleven. I know exactly the point you're trying to make, which is. If this injury had been sunny, we'd all be like, ah! Well, Madison, Madison even yeah. more, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, those are the Van two. Defense, possibly, possibly Vicario now as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you'd be feeling this a lot more. I think the prospect of playing the next 10, 15 games, Ben Forster as our number one, would would not amuse. Yeah, um, yeah. So, say, say, Sam, say Van der Ven and Romero, both the two. Yeah. Instead of it being Solomon and Perisic, Van der Ven yeah. and, and uh, Romero, and then suddenly yeah. we're facing Dyer, a centre-back, we've got to bring him back, you know, and who else would it be? Do, do, do you know? I, then, I, then I, I don't... Shit, I, uh, yeah, well, uh, yes, okay. I, I like Eric Dyer, so don't be mean. Uh, yeah, no, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Um, I, I think... Your point was valid. Uh, I do feel that people misread what you were trying to say. I'm over it, just, just, I'm just took it. As, I don't think you are. I don't. I want to. I want to try and help you through this moment. I just, um, I just want to make the point about the night because I, I, I get it. I, I know, like we're, we're suffering from injuries and it's bad luck. But like, it, it's it's a bit like it's a bit like what you said earlier about if someone said at the beginning of the season, would you take top? Yeah. Right. If someone yeah. said at the beginning of the season you're going to have two or three injuries, it'll be someone who maybe's in and out of the first team, new signing, someone who's coming on in the last five minutes, who's getting on a bit. 
would you take that? Yeah, go on then. If, if that's the got to be the yeah. people who would be, be injured, we'll take that. You know, you'd, you'd yeah. take it, wouldn't you? you'd you take the ones that we've got so far. Mate, you, you, you don't have to convince me. It's fine. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so, so Ireland, brother, uh, I don't think there's any underlying cause. If anything, actually, I'm kind of pleased to see our medical side of things improving. Um, we've had this policy for some time, which is we will avoid surgery at all costs. We'll just try and do rehab stuff and try and keep the players on the pitch. Um, uh, you know, I remember watching that Amazon thing where Jose's screaming at the physio because, you know, like, Sonny can play. He's only got a broken arm. I'm like, for fuck's sake, man. Um, and, and you just kind of realise that, no, actually, the medical department now have updated themselves a little bit. And anyone can see that. Players are having surgery. Um, Ryan Sessignon has had an hamstring injury since he signed with us. He's a recurring problem. It could have been solved with surgery four years ago. Yeah. It's now it's now been done. Um, so there, there's so many aspects like, you know, uh, Solomon straight away. This has happened. Surgery. We're not going to wait and see. We're not going to give it a month. Just sort it. Yeah. Remember poor old Eric Lamella basically missed an entire year of his life. If he'd had the surgery straight away, he'd have been back yeah. within six months. Um, you know, and they, they kept saying at the time, oh, you know, he keeps trying to come back, but he can't quite do it. Yeah, it's because the guy needed surgery. <laughs> he was yeah. he was basically trying to get himself back fit, but with a serious problem. So um, I don't think there's an underlying cause other than a little bit of bad luck. Um, the league is a physical one. It's a tough one. Even even though we're not playing as many games this year, the, the Premier League is a full-on league. And I think sometimes, you know, th- th- this just happens, like I said. Man City right now for me is a perfect example, you know, missing De Bruyne, missing just on Man City actually, sorry. How what would you be thinking if you were Calvin Phillips? Like you you've signed for Man City, uh since you've signed with them, the coaches publicly said you're overweight and not good enough. Which is fair point. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not saying you know, I'm not I'm not gonna get into that side of it, but you've got yourself there, you're sat there you are then seeing that the guy directly ahead of you and Rodri and a couple of others are out injured and the manager brings a youth player in ahead of you to play against the big title rivals in a game because he clearly has no faith in you whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, surely you got at this point be going to your agent, you know what, I need the move. Mate, mate. But then again, I suppose he doesn't need to because Gareth Southgate's still picking him for England. Yeah, I just... It frustrates me sometimes with, with when you hear Gareth Southgate, and he didn't he say something along the lines oh, of like, "Mate, I wanted a chin in this this time." Like he he basically said that he doesn't pick players on form because form's temporary. Oh God, I'm like, sorry, but just doesn't that circle back to the fact that you look at Van der Ven and Udogi, they've been picked on form, yeah. right? Because you get players in who are playing yeah. well, doesn't that? Is that yeah, logically yeah, follow? Yeah, yeah, there's like, you know, international management 101. I don't have a squad. Basically, I pick a group, they come together for a couple of games and then they bugger off and I start again from scratch. Yeah, yeah sure, I've got Harry Kane, he's my captain, he's one of the world's great goal scorers. If he's fit, he's probably going to make the squad. Yeah. However, every other position should be a case of who's playing well. I'm watching every single game of football. My team are watching every single game of football. Who's fit? Who's in form? Who's not in form? Because where is the motivation? Like someone said to me about like Harry Maguire, like he should have gone to West Ham. He'd be playing every week. He'd probably be looking a better player. And I'm like, he's earning incredible money at Man United, which he wasn't going to get at West Ham from every report. And he hadn't have to worry about his England place. No, not at all. Jordan Henderson is playing in front of 800 people in Saudi Arabia on a regular basis, and he's still getting picked for England. It's ridiculous. Do you know, like, when, when, like, I know know Madison's not regular, but you think he might as well have stayed at Leicester because he probably would have been picked down there in the Championship. Yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. That's probably probably far more likely for him. It, It is just bizarre. It is, it is now more difficult to get out of the England team than it is to get into it. Like, I just find it mental, and to hear him justify it, and the the thing that annoys me as well, and and I get that this is kind of like a symbiotic thing. If a journalist goes in hard on Gareth Southgate, 
England FA aren't going to deal with that journalist. Mm. So you have got to walk a kind of line with it. And I get that. That's the same as all football journalists who go to these press conferences. People are like, why didn't you say this? Because if I said that, I wouldn't be invited back. <laughs> so I do get the toe in the line thing to a point. But to allow the England head coach to basically say, I don't pick on form uh, because I, that's temporary, when asked about, I think it's Ollie Watkins. Yeah. Uh, he scored a phenomenal match for Villa right now. Villa are playing very well. Yeah. He is part of that and is playing very, very well. Yeah. Why in the hell is he not in contention for England? And to say, oh, I'm not picking him because form's temporary. Well, what, what, what does that mean? Does that basically mean that at some point you picked a player on form, he did okay for you, so now he's your pick forever? Yeah. Because uh, that makes no sense whatsoever. And the fact that no one really called him out on it, they all just kind of shrugged him and went, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's just like... I I think the thing is with with Southgate, he gets a pass because he's been so... I mean, he hasn't won anything, I get that, but he's been successful at the point he's got us to finals. and So So he he, he kind of has got a free pass, really, with this behaviour at the moment. for, For me... This comes down to that old adage of, you know, you die the hero or live long enough to become the villain. He came through having coached the under-21s with Kane and people like that in amongst it. And I think he is now so close to a group of those players, they're like family to him. He coached them at under-21s, he's got really close with the national team with them, and now they're not going anywhere. They're his his group. He trusts them. And because of that, we're stuck. Because if you watch England play football now, it's not good. There is no aspect of watching that England team which is enjoyable right now, which, trust me, as a Spurs fan, I know this. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that, that was England. That was that was a sidetrack. Um, heading over to uh, Facebook, and we had a message from Sean from Canada. Eh? Uh, Sean says, Hi, Sam. I'd like to hear your thoughts on Alejo Velez um, and whether we would like to see Jota join us in January. Also, barring any injuries, which position would you like to see us improve upon? Would you think we're we're enough quality on the bench for a top four finish this year? Yeesh. Um, okay, where do we start with there? Uh, let's start with Alejo Velez, who um, Hans Postacoglu was like, look, the kid's here now. He's going to get accustomed to it. Don't expect to see him anytime soon. And then Ange is like, let's get him in. Yeah. <laughs> let's Let's see what he can do. Uh, what's been your thoughts? He's basically just had a couple of cameos from the bench. Uh, any initial thinking? I don't know if you saw him for the under-21s. I don't think he was playing that day. No, he wasn't. I don't no. know. You know, look, he, Postico, Angin, they, they see they see that. They, they see so much more than we see. Obviously, they do. Yeah. So they're seeing something in the kid, aren't they? And for him, at that age, for him to go, yeah, let's, let's have you around, around, like, come off a few. Yeah. You know, so he's obviously impressing in training. He might, he, he's doing yeah. things right. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, he must be. Yeah, I, I genuinely agree with you. He must be. Um, I, I've not seen anything uh, one way or the other so far. Um, I, I think he's come on, he's looked intelligent with his runs, which was the thing. I saw him for the under-21s, and he came on for the under-21s to make his debut on his birthday, ironically. And the thing that really stood out to me was the intelligence of his movement. So he, he got himself a couple of chances in those games, which he didn't, he didn't take. Keeper did well on both occasions, but... It was the intelligence of his movement was like a step up. So you look at it and you go, wow, okay, under-21 level, the kid is above that. He'll probably get more games for the under-21s as this season goes on, but you, you immediately straight away, I was like, oh, okay, you can see that he is part of the first team. His, his ability, his movement, uh, his game awareness and intelligence is right there. And I think when he's come on, he's shown that. Also, he's shown his willingness to run for the team. Yeah. Um, we, we've had a fair few Argentinian players over the years and in recent times. And one of the things I've been really impressed with, other than possibly Le Celso, is the willingness to like run for a wall for the team. Like QT Romero would break down a wall with his forehead for the team now. You see that. Uh, Lamella literally ran himself into the ground where both his hips needed to be replaced. <laughs> Um, and I think this this kid has that same kind of mentality of there is no such thing as a dead ball. <laughs> I, I will chase it. Um, and I, th- I think adding that, like coming off the bench, getting minutes here, there, still learning, still learning the language. Um, uh, yeah, it's good. I, I like that. Um, Jota is an interesting one for me. Um, he played under Ange at Celtic. 
was excellent in the Scottish Premiership. Um, I am not a good enough judge to tell you if he could translate that to the Premier League. Some players come down from Scotland and look like a duck to water because the transition doesn't seem to affect them at all and, and they're great. Other players look amazing in Scotland and come down and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> you, not so much. What would you, what, what, off the top of your head, what players can you think of that have come from Scotland to the Premier League that have really like, what, wow. Uh, what, recently? I can't, uh, I can't think of. God, re- recently, not so much. Um, I, I mean, historically, I, I could think of loads. I mean, that, that, I'll just think of that um, Celtic player that played for Man United for a while. Um, oh, you know, that, uh, not, what was he? Swedish, the Swedish guy that was like yeah, a legend no, of Celtic. Yeah, I, I can't, yeah, he came, can't think of his name. There you go. That's, that's, I can't even remember his name. <laughs> you know I mean? No, yeah, like no, Larson, no, you're, 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 you're quite right. You're, yeah. Henry, yeah, no, Henrik Larsson. I mean, yeah, he, he was a he was a goal scoring legend across Europe, really. I mean, but in Scotland especially, he barreled him in. But yeah, yeah in the Premier League, it's, it's a different league, and he was older as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm probably doing players a disservice because there are probably players that have moved from Scotland down to clubs that I'm just not as aware of. And have done well, um, and I'm probably being rude by not pointing them out. Thinking of Tottenham, uh, I, I always find it very hit and miss. I remember um, oh, the Scottish fullback, absolute animal, uh, right back, uh, skinhead, Glaswegian from Rangers. Can't think of his name. It's killing me because it's going to come to me at some point. What era? Was and uh, Harry Redknapp's team. Um, it's not Calderwood, that, is it? Colin Calderwood? He, no, 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 no. That was he was he was way before that. Um, that's gonna bug me so much, <laughs> and there's people listening to this screaming at the podcast right now. Um, but yeah, he he basically was he, Glasgow Rangers looked phenomenal, and for us was just so sort of hot and cold. Like sometimes would look great, and other times would just be a complete moron, mm, <laughs> just yeah. like. Um, he he played with Ledley King. Oh, it's a very famous picture of him on a night out with King drunk. Oh, yeah, I can't remember. It's, It'll come to us when we when, when we stop recording. <laughs> it, it will. It it will. It will definitely one hundred percent come to me, <laughs> and it'd be like three a.m. and I'm just gonna have to put it on the <laughs> Facebook page. Um, like oh, everyone remember so and so. That's who I meant. <laughs> Alan Hutton. Alan, oh my Alan, god, that was yeah. that was killing me. That was literally hurting my brain. Sorry, everybody, if you've been screaming that. Apologies. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm of the opinion with that. I don't know. Also, the player took the money and went to Saudi. Um, and I don't know about anybody else, and perhaps it's just me. I, I'm I'm kind of if you did that, I don't I don't back your ambition. I don't I don't. You clearly thought, oh, I can make a shed load of money, and that's me done at that age. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. So, so I don't, I don't, I see us linked to him a lot, and I don't overly feel infused about that. Um, uh, barring any injuries, a position I like to see a strengthen. It's a tough one because I still think there's a lot we need to do. Um, but if I was to pick one, I would still say um, right now, I'd probably pick either a central defender or a central striker. Um, yeah, it's interesting to defend it for me because, like I said earlier, you lose one or both of our current two, and we've got a weak defence. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 difficult. Um, and the and the funny thing is, is, it becomes difficult because you know we had Vertonghen and Alderweireld, and we signed Davinson Sanchez. Davinson Sanchez joined us as one of the hottest central defensive properties in European football. He was great, but he already ever played. And when he played, there were mistakes everywhere, which is a symptom of hardly ever playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so signing a central defender who is at a certain level is very tricky when you've now just established here's our here's our first choice centre backs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're right, and you do need to do you do need to sign these players, and you do need to get them playing, and you need to keep them at a level. It's, it's something that top top coaches are able to do. I have no idea whether Ange is able to do it, and and we'll see as as our squad builds. Because if our ambition is to be back in Europe next year, then we have got to add. You know, it has to be. Yeah. 100%. Um. Regardless of which competition, it's just the sheer amount of games you've got to add. 
so again on Facebook, uh, Chris Valdi says, did either of you notice during the corners, Madison was really struggling as he had limited room for his run-ups? Yeah. Only for the third corner in the second half, the team changed it up and went short, which led to the goal. It seems Ange is allowing this team to play with creative freedom at times. For me, I genuinely believe this is what is going to give us the edge on the other teams. It's something the other teams can learn to defend. Uh, they can learn to defend as modern football is so structured. Uh, you, well, you hit the nail on the head about freedom. Um, you only got to listen to the, the player interviews to talk about what Ange says to them. And, and the key message is, try it. You know, I'm asking you to try it. And if it fails, that's my fault because I'm telling you to do it. And the, the freedom and the kind of the weight that is lifted off the player's shoulders by the manager saying that, you, you can you can see it. Like and you know, all these little examples of them trying things. And yeah, it sometimes it's gonna come off. Other times it won't. <laughs> uh when it does amaze balls. Uh when it doesn't, it's everyone's fault but mine. Um, ignore the misses um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, exactly yeah Uh, Barry Fowles says Vicario cracking start your thoughts on our new keeper go on Matt what do you think of the new keeper yeah I love him he's just he's brilliant like not only is he top quality keeper but he just seems to like like I've mentioned with some of the other players who just feel like they've been there for years same with him yeah yeah he just feels like his his English is brilliant by the way um he, I saw an interview with him and Udogi the other day, and I genuinely thought to myself, "Oh, I bet they've paired them because you know Italian and Udogi's English probably isn't that great yet." Um, no, <laughs> these two speak better English than I do. <laughs> like, like genuinely, both of them crystal clear, well spoken, to the point, answering detailed questions. Like listening, and I'm thinking, "There's no way they're picking up the nuances of what's being asked." They're like, "Yeah, okay," and just. Laying up, you know, you know, someone is incredible at language and they have really mastered it when they are like idioms and kind of like picking up on, like, oh, you know, yeah, that, that can happen. And laying in a bit of sarcasm, you're thinking, yeah. wow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, the like, language. me in a foreign language is quite literally, hey, where is restaurant? One beer, like, please, yeah, yeah, one <laughs> beer, please, five tequilas, please, please, yeah. <laughs> Where is the local library? <laughs> it's like that that is me in every language I can speak. I can speak a couple very, very basically, German and Spanish, and just yeah, and that is me. And then I'm listening to these guys, I'm like, wow. Because <laughs> you think like, you think about it, Sam, like neither of them have played in England before. No. So no. so like they've not li- ever lived in the country. So no. it's it's fantastic yeah. that they, they yeah, yeah, the pair of them have not been here long and they've just yeah, they they obviously. I mean, uh, Destiny did say obviously he signed with Tottenham and he had a year and he was taking English lessons yeah. three times a week. I, I can't get, I I can't not respect anybody who does that. Mm. I, I think it's phenomenal because you have an idea in your head of a twenty year old footballer. Are you are you marking him in the intelligence bracket high up? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. However, he has just gone and done that, which even people I know are very well educated. Could you learn a language in a year and be this good? No. Yeah. And English is a pain in the ass to learn as well. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's like, doesn't make any it's sense. It's a nightmare language. Yeah. Like, okay, so you've got three words for that, meaning different that, yeah, 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 yeah. just deal with it. Um, okay, so Barry, no, I think he's great. I think he's come in, he's doing all the stuff that Hugo did well, plus he is playing the ball well, distributing well, he's calm, um, yeah, he's going to make mistakes because of the way we play in the system, and that will happen throughout the season. But I think you can tell that he is an individual who has got self-belief and is calm and is enjoying playing with the players around him, which which helps a lot. And for and for a goalkeeper, he's fairly young as well. He's only twenty-seven. Yeah, birthday, yeah, just yeah, yeah, just turned twenty-seven. So we've got his prime years yep. basically. Yep. Uh, Tom Perk says, who do you guys think will start in place of Basuma as a result of his suspension? Uh, is Bentoncourt close to a return? My understanding is Bentoncourt is now training well, but match fitness nowhere near. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Bentoncourt maybe get some minutes for the under-21s before we see him for the first... I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong, this is just my opinion, but I'd be shocked to see him put straight back in. 
even even starting on the bench, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Because that was a bad injury. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'd love to see him get under twenty one minutes, like off the bench, well, and maybe well. a couple of starts. Hopefully, it's Stevenage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, great player. Love, yeah. love Rodders. Um, who would I start for Basuma? Uh, for me personally, I'd pick Skip because he's amazing. Uh, I think he'll pick Hoybier because he's probably better. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I think Hoybier. What about you? Yeah, it's, it's a shame because, like I say, I, I, was, I was kind of looking forward to seeing Basuma play and I won't get to see that against yeah. Fulham. But I, I've got the feeling that he'll, he'll put Hoybier, he'll put Hoybier yeah. in there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Knowing that he is on four yellow cards, if we beat Fulham and then we go to Crystal Palace under the lights, would you be tempted to leave him on the bench if we play well against Fulham, knowing that the next game's Chelsea? Yeah, and all, you, you, like Hoybier Hoy is one of these players that doesn't shirk from a responsibility. So, no. you know, we talked about the atmosphere, potential atmosphere at Sellers Park. He's yeah. the sort of player that could he'll roll his sleeves up and just crack on with it he wouldn't affect yeah. it so yeah, I'd have no problem yeah. I think if he plays well against Fulham I wouldn't be surprised if Basuma starts has, has a bench yeah. for, for Palace I wouldn't be surprised but you know I, I don't know uh, Ryan Miller says what are your thoughts on Valise cameo looked pretty sharp when he came on yeah we discussed that Ryan um, yeah same as you I, I think he does look sharp I think his movement looks really good um, and I want to keep seeing him get cameos. Like, just keep giving him 5-10. You know, just keep giving him 15. Let him really adjust to the league whilst he's learning everything around him. 100%, yeah. Uh, uh, Barry Fowles says, jo- Johan Lang, enlighten us. Uh, Barry, your second question. Um, uh, enlighten us. I, I, don't, I don't actually have a kind of a, a great thing here. Um... He was at Aston Villa. We've we've taken him. He's been appointed as our technical director, not a director of football or football director. Um, Basically, he is someone whose reputation is about modernising recruitment and things like that, which is something we had started doing anyway. And our recruitment this summer had been excellent. And the guy who headed that, we got rid of. So I, I'm still very confused by everything that's happened there. Um, Paratici's apparently worked as a consultant, and I don't know whether perhaps um, the new guy, Scott Munn, is kind of wanting his own people. I, I honestly don't know. I, I'm a little bit baffled by probably our best summer recruitment and the guy behind it being replaced, and I'm not seeing a great reason currently for for why we've done that um and if january's window happens and it's poor then all of a sudden everyone's going to be like well what the hell <laughs> so <clears throat> so yeah at the moment I'm, I'm at a bit of a loss there there are several sporting directors out there that if we'd appointed i'd have gone oh i see why okay we've got that guy brilliant you know I, i'm i completely understand why we made this change right now i don't, I don't fully understand uh, i'm just hoping that smarter people are in place that are making these decisions my only concern ever is that my experience of 20 years of enoch is they don't often make good decisions with appointments well hopefully time will tell if this is a good one or not yeah uh, that's what i'm saying I'm, I'm i'm hopeful but he's not someone i know like there are several people i know as sporting directors technical directors who i'd have been oh okay yeah yeah that makes sense <laughs> right now i'm like i don't get it i yeah. don't fully understand his big CV, his big selling thing that everyone's like the press were briefed on to talk about, modernizing, modernizing, data-driven analysis. Well, that's what we were doing this summer anyway. So, so what, what's going on? Um, so yeah, uh, sorry, and that's not me trying to be down about it. I, I just, I just don't know. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see and see because uh, apparently they're they're now looking for a chief scout. So. They've they've got rid of the guy who was doing that, who did a very good job, and now they're looking to replace him. Again, no idea why. No idea. Perhaps perhaps they knew who was coming in, and the guy said, "Yeah, I don't want to work with that asshole." Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Who knows? Personality. Uh, perhaps he had a job offer elsewhere, and and yeah, no clue. But we are now looking for a new uh, head scout to work within the new system we put in place. So uh, yeah, I'll keep an eye on it, and then as and when I'll. I'll reveal all. Bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but that's it. Uh, the next game, as I said, is uh, Monday the 23rd of October versus Fulham. Uh, we'll be back to discuss that game afterwards. We're going to take a break in the interim for the international break. Uh, give everyone's ears a rest. Um, but, mate, that's, that's everything I had to cover for this week. Do you have anything fun or exciting? Uh, not, re- not really. Poor old series nope. team got walloped again. Oh, okay. Well, we won't start the Seb season <laughs> updates just yet, then. 5-0 um, I... they lost uh, to uh, a team that won league above them. That's that's not that's not as horrific as it could be. I remember kids' football being quite horrific scorelines sometimes. Yeah. Like, I think I think I made my debut when I was like ten, and we lost fifteen nil. Wow. Yeah, he hasn't won those. And, yet. and 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 that didn't get the four. Like they stopped the game. <laughs> like they it got the fifteen, and they were like, "Okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna stop this game, and they're gonna go home, and we're all gonna sit around and have a little bit of a hug." <laughs> Because, because like the goalkeeper is now crying. Oh, <laughs> like... I've, Seb did get a bit tearful when the fifth when we went in, but apparently he said to me after the game that the the the, the coach of the opposing team come up to him and went, yeah. "If it weren't for you, mate, we would have won about fifteen nil." So yeah. yeah, there you go. He's got <laughs> that's that's like a really lovely backhanded compliment, and <laughs> yeah. they're like, "Oh, if it weren't for you, kid, we'd have really battered you. <laughs> Just the slight battering you got, we'd have really given you a tonking." <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Well, no, that, that's. I mean, it's all how you hear it. And if if Seb felt a bit, you know, a bit taller after that comment, oh, then that's a good one. Yeah, um, that's what he needs as a goalkeeper, oh, yeah. as tall as he can. A bit taller, a <laughs> little bit taller. Yeah. And uh, so that's probably why I could never play in goal. I reached five foot ten when I was like fifteen. And I've stayed there. That's it. <laughs> Just, uh, that's it. For like a couple of weeks, I was fairly tall, and then everyone else went boom. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay, that's it. Um, we will be back, like I said, uh, following, uh, so that'll be the week beginning the 23rd of October, and we'll be discussing the Fulham game and looking ahead to the Palace game, which will be on the Friday. Uh, until then, everybody, uh, you all stay safe, you all take care, and we'll be back then. Come on, you Spurs. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.